0: Hi there, you're listening to the Personal Revolutions podcast with me, Ollie Anderson, author of the book, Personal Revolutions, A Short Course in Realness. This is episode number nine of this regular series of podcasts that we've got going, which focus very simply on the idea of real people talking about realness in a real way. As I always end up saying in this introduction, I'm the only real person here at the moment, and I am eventually going to get some production values and bring in other people, Uh, For the time being, people are going to have to listen to me ramble in a very, very articulate fashion, if I may say so myself, whilst we look into the human condition and try to figure out what the hell is going on. What does that mean? It does sound rather grandiloquent and something else. That was a joke, because uh, grandiloquent does seem to suggest that I would use some big words and be articulate. Um, What does it mean? Well, it basically means that we're testing our assumptions about things as we look into our experience, look at the things that can't be changed as far as we know like the fact that we're all hurtling towards our deaths, that everything changes, that people always have problems of one kind or another and that life is inherently meaningless. But that that's fine because it liberates us to choose our own purpose, to connect to the world around us and to experience the infinite bliss of the infinite in our daily lives from time to time, if we're lucky, as we move towards wholeness and not fragmentation. Now that may all sound incredibly lofty, some of it perhaps is. What we're trying to do, or what I'm trying to do, is make all of this stuff relevant to our daily lives so that we can go out there, crush our goals by ensuring that we choose real goals that we actually care about, so we'll stay disciplined and motivated, them, um, have better relationships with others, Because we're not letting the fear, pride and desire of the ego get in the front seat. And ultimately, enjoy our time here whilst we can. Because it's all going to end one day. And there's nothing really we can do about it. That may sound a little bit bleak. If it does, well you obviously haven't heard what the title or the topic of this podcast is going to be. Because it's probably just about as bleak as things can get. I'm going to try and talk about it in a relatively cheerful fashion, and hopefully at the end of the podcast, we'll all feel a bit better about things in general. Um, But the topic is suicide. Wow. Um, Thank you, internet, for recommending that to me. Um, I have a few ideas, as usual. Um, I'm just stopping to think so that I can handle this with the gravitas that it deserves? Or does it? Maybe that's an assumption. Does it deserve gravitas? Maybe I should just create a flippant half-hour episode where we laugh joyously at the fact that some of us feel that the best thing to do is to kill ourselves. What What is going on where that seems like a good option for so many people? I suppose that shows that somewhere, something is not quite right, because surely, if we were born to live, then we would never really want to kill ourselves, unless it was some kind of an emergency, and we were trapped um, between a rock and a hard place, so to speak, and that was the only way for us to really kind of save ourselves. But if we live in a society where we're supposed to have everything that we need, and you know, things are running smoothly on the surface of things, then why would we want to kill ourselves? Now, that's not really a question I can answer, I suppose, because as you may have guessed, as somebody may have told you, I've never killed myself, and I don't really have any intention of doing so. There have been times in my life, if I'm honest, where that did seem like a good option, but thankfully, and luckily, I suppose, I never actually followed up on that, um, those thoughts, that idea. I suppose I need to go into my story a little bit, so that makes some sense. Just in case you don't know who I am. If this is the first time you stumbled upon this thing, and I'm flippantly talking about suicide. I have thought about killing myself in the past, a long time ago. In fact, I wrote a whole novel about that theme of suicide. Basically, I wrote that, I now realize, as a way of kind of externalizing these different parts of myself that wanted me to kill myself, so that I could put them out in front of me, see them for what they were, explore them from various different angles, and eventually align my thoughts about these things with reality itself by becoming more rational. So what I've learned about suicide... From my own life is that it's not necessarily a rational response to reality in fact i would say boldly perhaps controversially maybe that suicide is hardly ever a good option it's hardly ever a rational thing to do i know this is a sensitive topic so i'm trying to be not too flippant about it but in my experience at least if i had killed myself during the period in my life where that seemed like a good option, I would have been completely irrational. Why do I feel so confident in saying that? Well, what I've learned now about reality, by being more real in myself, by tuning myself into you know, the flow, instead of only ever projecting my assumptions about myself and the world onto reality, and getting frustrated when those assumptions, or desires at least, don't align, what I've learned is that The more real you are in yourself as a human being, the better you feel. So if there's a part of you that wants you to kill yourself, then chances are it's an illusion. It's not real. It's the ego that we have spoken about before, particularly the fear, pride, mainly pride, I would say, and desire to be seen in a certain light that keep us from the rest of reality as a whole. Now, when did I want to kill myself? I can't believe I'm talking about this so loosely, but I did want to kill myself probably about nine years ago when I first came back from Japan after finding out that I had chronic kidney disease and that I needed a transplant and that basically, as it seemed to me back then, my life was over because I had to live with my parents again for a while and get a crappy job in a shop that I didn't really like, and generally live in a place which I now adore, but which at the time I really was very judgmental towards and couldn't stand because I felt like I didn't belong. Um, During that period of my life, as I've said many times in this podcast series probably, I was basically... Not present in the situation. I I was basically living out my ideas about myself and the situation based on my fears about it, based on my ego's pride, the idea that I shouldn't be in that situation, that I was too good for it, that if I was in that situation, I was either going to be more than human and try and do something triumphant, which frustrated me because I couldn't, because I'm not more than human. Or that I was less than human, you know, I was, I'd done something wrong, that I was I was a terrible individual for finding myself in this situation. All of this bullshit was basically how I identified that situation. And that went on for a few years, um, until I had the transplant. Now, I've mentioned this before, but the short version is, the transplant had always been on the horizon. But... I hadn't seen it in realistic terms. I'd seen it as a kind of panacea. I thought, okay, one day I'll get this transplant and my life is going to go back to being awesome because I won't have to go to dialysis anymore. I won't have to worry about this and that. I'll basically stick this lump of flesh in my body and everything will go back to being perfectly fine. But, as fate would have it. The transplant didn't work. It made my life even worse for a while. I couldn't walk for about six months, not properly. I lost loads of weight, lost my girlfriend because I freaked her out basically. But I've been sick and dying in front of her a few times. All of this stuff, long story short, basically led to the lowest point in my life so far, touch wood, where I really couldn't see. The point in going on. Now, we're getting pretty existential, right? Because I suppose you could say, if life is meaningless, regardless of whether you want to kill yourself, then what is the point in going on anyway? There's a quote by Albert Camus, I think, and he said, if you haven't killed yourself yet, then you're an existentialist. We're all existentialists if we haven't killed ourselves. There's another quote by him. It's pretty funny. What is it? He says... Should I kill myself or should I have a cup of coffee, another cup of coffee? And I guess in a way that sums up the predicament of many of us who haven't found our realness, who haven't found purpose, all of the stuff that I'm going to talk about in the latter half of this podcast. But anyway, for me, things went from bad to worse. And because I hadn't really, really learned the lessons that I needed to learn from reality about loosening up basically and getting out of my head forgetting about all these different ideas of myself and actually being myself because at that stage in my life I hadn't opened up to those ideas I did start to wonder if killing myself was the best option luckily I didn't I really didn't here I am right but what was it That made me not do that. I often try to figure it out or like articulate it to myself more clearly. I think there are a number of things that helped and it was this gradual process of waking up to being real. But the things that I remember most clearly helping me were all to do with the illogical nature of killing myself anyway. I think the problem is when you're that depressed, when you're feeling that low, it feels like it's gonna last forever. That's the most, that's the worst thing about depression like that. You feel like you're gonna feel like that forever. It feels like it's never gonna end. You're just in it. It feels like like you're swimming through tar or something. Nobody really understands around you as, because. You know, you're just so inside yourself, and you, you, your your ego is just attacking you constantly. You know, with your expectations, with your ideas, with comparing you to the other people in your life or that you know about. You know, on the horizon of your life that seem to be fine on the surface. All of this shit is going on inside you, and the only way to stop it, it seems, is to just kill yourself. That's what it seems like. Luckily, I started reading Stoicism, Marcus Aurelius, I read Schopenhauer, the greatest philosopher of all time, in my opinion. And I started to realise that... Well, I didn't start to realise. I started to think about my death. Not my suicide, my death. Which was going to happen whether I killed myself or not. You know, if I killed myself last Tuesday well, it doesn't really matter because I'm going to die at some time in the future anyway, right? So when I started to realize that or to really reflect on that fact, the fact that I'm going to be dead one day, it paradoxically made me feel a lot better about my situation because it it made me awake to the idea of all the realness stuff that I, start, that I talk about in this podcast and in the book. It made me realize that my thoughts about things were real. Because I was in this situation where I felt shit and I somehow convinced myself that I was going to feel shit forever and I was in a very dark place. But when I started to realise I was going to be dead one day anyway, well, that really shone light on the situation and on myself and made me feel better because I realised that this idea... That it was going to feel so bad forever was completely false. That was my ego. It was the fear, I suppose. The fear that it would never end. And when I realized that things were changing, and one way or the other it would end, and that pain would be gone, then I started to feel a lot better. I think I've read somewhere on the internet about depression, like... You know, this too shall pass. And it's the same thing. Like, it's true. You're going to be dead anyway. So you're going to eventually get out of that situation. Whether you like it or not. Some people may enjoy identifying with their pen. So anyway, I started to realize I was going to be dead. That opened me up to the the whole personal revolution stuff, actually. The reason I always talk about death in these podcasts, we're hurtling towards it, you know? That's the phrase I keep using. We're hurtling towards our imminent demise. The reason I keep talking about that is because it's the doorway into everything else about reality. If you embrace the fact that you're going to be dead one day, that shows you that things change. If you accept that things change and that reality is this undulating mass of fluid activity and that you're part of it, That gets you out of your head and that gets you out of your ideas. And as I've learned in my life, the ideas are the main cause of our misery because they stop us from being present. It's the only true death. That's what I keep saying. Those ideas are the only true death because they keep you out of the present where all life lives and thrives and where you can live and thrive as well. So this is turning into a ramble. But when I started to realize I was going to be dead one day, it strangely, perhaps, started to make me feel better. I realized that things change. And as I realized that things change, that gave me the permission, I guess, to get out of my ego a bit and start building some kind of momentum towards dealing with the things that I was facing, growing more real, and basically getting those ideas out of my head and aligning myself with reality now things changing doesn't always mean that things are going to improve it was quite possible and it still is that things can get way worse you know I, I am growing real and I'm moving in a positive direction but theoretically I guess touch wood it's not going to happen I could leave the house tomorrow get run over by a bus and lose my legs or something, right? Things can get worse. The fact that things are changing and that you're going to be dead one day doesn't necessarily mean that life is going to improve for you. You can do things that increase the odds of things improving, but things could still get worse. But that still helps me to get out of my suicidal mindset because... It showed me things were changing. There was a small chance things could get better. So why kill myself? And long story short, I didn't kill myself, as I've said many times. And things have got a lot better. Like, really. Like, I sometimes think I can't believe how happy I am. I can't believe how good I feel. Sometimes I I have so much energy, I really do wonder if I've done something illegal. I just feel like a comet or something just hurtling towards whatever, and basically just like there's a fire inside me. And I think it's because I've managed to fill myself with my own life and make the purpose of my life my life itself. And if I'd given in to those ideas about being helpless, about being a victim, about things never changing and that I was always going to feel that shit, and I had killed myself, then I wouldn't feel this way. I'd be missing out on it. So, I've vowed now that I will never kill myself. Like, never say never, right? I suppose some situation could arise where, you know, I'm climbing a mountain or whatever, and I get my leg stuck in a bear trap, and some wild animal's coming towards me or something, and it's gonna eat me, so I shoot myself in the head before it gets me. So, to save myself a painful death. I suppose if pain, physical pain, is inevitable then i can envisage myself maybe killing myself sometimes there's a part of me where i i do take this whole realness presence life being precious thing to extreme circumstances and i do wonder like if i was in some kind of situation where i'm just in great pain would i be able to just try and feel it for the sake of living or squeezing every little bit of life out of my life while I can. I don't know, right? And I suppose I never will until I'm in that situation. I'm not saying that you should never kill yourself, because I'm sure there is always an exception to a rule. But in my experience, not killing myself was definitely one of the best things I ever did, and I'm gonna to continue to living in this to live in this fashion. Now, that was a bit of a ramble. That's what I do seem to keep doing in these podcasts. But how can I link all of this stuff to, you know, the more practical level of our lives where, you know, we're, we're not so depressed that we want to kill ourselves? How is this relevant to the lives of normal, scare quotes, people who listen to this podcast because growing real is, it's the only, well, it's a way to improve the quality of your life or your experience of life and make your day-to-day actions and stuff more um, significant to you. Well, I think this whole suicide thing, as I've experienced it, is really just an example of everything we've said about the ego previously and why the ego can ultimately ruin our lives. It's a very extreme example, obviously. Killing yourself, it's, one of the, it's, it's the most extreme thing you can do, right? Now, if you're doing it to escape the ideas in your head, and you're in control of those ideas, then it shows us how potent this voice or this collection of voices, if we believe in sub-personalities and stuff, of the ego can actually be, it's so weird to think about that we've got this idea in our head and, you know, we do use it as a kind of feedback loop, I've said before, um, about how we should be in reality, not how we actually are. And I think if you get to that extreme point where you're clinging to this idea so much that it really is battling to kind of Stay in the driving seat of your life, even in the face of a reality that is always relatively pleasant to tune into, if you're present within it. If the ego can get you into such a mindset that you feel like ending your life is the best option, then something really has gone seriously wrong somewhere along the line. Now, I've spoken a lot about shame in the the last podcast. I was saying, basically, shame is what stops us from facing the truth. The truth being something that we need to at least get some kind of understanding of if we're going to be able to be real in the sense that we've spoken about. If you're not facing the truth about yourself, then you can't face the truth about anything else. And I think... What's becoming clear to me is that the main reason that ego is something that we attach to is because at some level of our being, we feel shame in ourselves. So, for me, when I was going through all the stuff I just mentioned, I think one of the things that stopped me becoming real sooner was all of the shame that I felt about myself. You know, I was a young guy. I had like this disease that normally old people get. It was holding me back in terms of my goals and the things that I wanted to achieve. And I just felt like a bit of a loser, I suppose. And by clinging onto old ideas of myself, you know, that I was this hipster fucking dude who could do all this cool shit or, you know, that I was going to be a great artist and write this novel or whatever it was, by clinging on to all that stuff. You don't have to get rid of that stuff completely. Like the past is who you are. You know, it's how you got here anyway. It doesn't always define you, but it's always led to you being where you are now. The choices that you've made are basically responsible for your present. But if you only cling to the old ideas and not face whatever is going on within you in the moment and and you resist that more and more then you're not going to face the shame that you carry in yourself about a situation and you're never going to be able to deal with the situation not all shame is is healthy as I've said in fact none of it is that's not true some of it is healthy because it keeps you on track but If that shame becomes toxic to the extent that it keeps the ego in in place to such an extent that that is the only part of you that's fighting to live, even though it's not real. And at the same time, that part of you is causing you pain more than just the pain that you're facing in reality because of a situation. If that is the only part of you that you cling on to and you fight to give that life then you are going to become more and more out of sync with the reality of reality and the freedom that comes with that feeling of flow if you tune into it, that you are going to become completely, completely, what? You're going to become so out of sync with reality that there's going to be so much friction within you and there's going to be so much kind of discord as you try and cling to these old ideas that your real self is just going to get crazier and crazier beneath the surface and it's going to do whatever it takes for you to kind of bam get rid of the ego i mentioned this in one of the other podcasts i think self-destruction is what happens when you deny your real self in my life i was pretty self-destructive for a long time because i had a lot of shame that i carried over from my childhood um, you know, my parents got divorced, and there was some psychological kind of bullshit that, that was going on, and that led to me carrying a lot of shame about who I was. And I think the reason I became destructive, kind of going out every night and just doing stupid things, was because there was a the real part of me wanted to break me out of those ideas, so that it could release itself. And I think ultimately that is what's happened to me over the, you know, the last decade. And I think, I don't know the statistics, but I think a lot of suicide attempts fail because the real part of you doesn't physically want you to die. It just wants you to get rid of your ego. And I think the only way for you to do that is to put yourself right on the edge. And obviously the more you cling to this idea of yourself that has no connection to reality, the more extreme this kind of release is going to be. Now, I don't know if I have a right to be saying these kind of things because I've never ended up in hospital or anything um, because I tried to, you know, had an overdose or anything. But I think what I've learned over the last few years is that the only part of us that would want us to kill ourselves is the part that's not even real in the first place. When we're being real with ourselves and the world, then we don't embody death in the sense of destruction. We embody life itself because that is what we are. Like when we're real, we're connected to the whole of things. We're connected to the life that kind of flows through us, that flows through everything else. And we live in such a way Where from moment to moment, we are that life. If you want to kill yourself, it's because you've attached to an idea of yourself that is completely unreal. There is no way, in my opinion, that somebody who is real would ever kill themselves. Because if you've been real, life is the most precious of all the things in the whole universe. Because it's going to end anyway. So, I think if I've learned anything from all of this suicidal stuff I'm talking about, it's that the way out is the way into life. And it's the way where you get out of your head a little bit. Forget about your expectations. Forget about the fear of what people think about you or what's going to happen forget about the pride, forget about the self-image of yourself, or about making your actions a statement instead of something you just do to become real. It's basically about the stuff that always comes up, which is putting the ego in the backseat. The day you see what the ego does to you and how it affects your life, is the day that you see life for the first time. Because the ego, as I always say, is the only thing that stops you from living. It makes you hesitate, stops you taking action. It tells you that you should be this instead of being what you already are. It's the one thing that stops life itself. From flowing through you because it blocks your experience of your real conscious awareness of what life is. But I think we're lucky in a sense that we are able to take control of our lives and to put the ego in the back seat in the way that I've mentioned. It never goes away because we need it. We can't function in, on earth without it. But if we're not careful, It can stop us from thriving. It can stop us from being who we need to be, when we need to be, and why we need to be. And if we don't realize that, then we'll either never live as ourselves, because we won't be authentic. Or, in the most extreme cases, we'll stop ourselves from living in any way, shape or form. Because we'll be not treating life as the gift that it is, but as the, what, as the nothing that the ego wants us to make, wants to make us believe it in. So, yeah, that was a very cheerful podcast about killing yourself and how that is probably not the best thing to do. Um, if anyone's listened to this and they are feeling a bit suicidal or whatever, then get in touch with me. Um, I've had a lot of experience, actually, of like working with people who do feel um, quite depressed or very depressed in some cases. So if you want to chat, that's totally cool, get in touch. Um, normally, I do a bit of a plug at the end of this for all the stuff I've been doing. I'll, I won't do that out of respect for the gravitas of this topic. Um, but I'll leave some stuff in the blurb if anyone's interested Um, thanks very much for listening really appreciate it hope um, that's helped in some way and I'll see you next week for another cheerful instalment of the Personal Revolutions podcast